0: Hey ladies, welcome to the Happy Body Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke. Does it feel like your brain is on overdrive? Maybe you're struggling with spiraling thoughts, uncertainty, and feeling like you can't relax. Well, hey, I have a solution for you. I'm a hypno-coach, and I help women just like you every single day change the way their brains think so they can move through life's ups and downs, feeling calm, confident, and energized. Let's dive in. I am very excited to introduce my guest today. Brooke Harris is a wellness entrepreneur. She's the CEO of Good Milk Co. She's a mom, a foodie. She also happens to be one of my best friends and someone who has really inspired me on my own wellness journey. Welcome, Brooke. I'm super excited to have you.
1: Thank you. So excited to be here.
0: So first of all, I met Brooke probably 12 years ago, and we were in a completely different industry. She's (laughs) actually, (laughs) we're not going to say names, (laughs) but uh, she's actually the first person who hired me in California when I moved to LA with no job, essentially. Brooke hired me and we were in the events world. And since then she ended up moving into wellness and I've watched her go from having an idea to building an entire business and becoming a leader in the wellness industry and so much of what I know now like when I met Brooke I didn't even know I didn't even know gluten was like a problem <laughs> <laughs> I you know I had a whole different I like to call it like an east coast mentality of what was actually healthy
1: well to be fair 12 years ago a lot of people didn't know gluten was a problem so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and not that gluten's a problem for everyone all right not that we're applying these things to everybody, but even just understanding whole foods and eating whole foods as like, you know, that's the way to nourish my body. This was a concept I learned from you. And so anyway, let's just back it up for a second. Why don't you tell everybody, tell the audience how you became a wellness entrepreneur, because you have your own health journey with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for saying all those things. And you know, I think, you know, again, you, you knew me before that was a part of my, my title or my being. Right. And for better or worse, I kind of stumbled into it because of my own health issues. And and I was always very interested in, I don't even know if like it was called wellness when I started learning about it, but I guess more nutrition was the label. And I remember in college, it was the only 8am class that I showed up for and sat up front. You know? Yeah. And what was your major? Um, Film and television was my (laughs) my favorite. Yes, see, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know, I just knew I was interested and found it interesting and felt motivated to fuel my body in this idea of like feeling good and longevity and vibrancy, but certainly didn't know how to apply that in a career. So I came out to LA, started working in the film and TV industry, and and that industry is super hectic and it like prides itself on being intense and hectic, right? And that led to making poor food choices. I was a vegan at the time and making poor on-the-go food choices, and that really disrupted my digestive system. And back then it wasn't a known thing, but a lot of people now are probably familiar with candida overgrowth where, you know, the bacteria in your gut gets out of whack and causes... Reeks wreaks havoc on your system. And when your gut's not happy, it causes all kinds of other problems. So, you know, obviously digestive issues, inflammation, migraines, like weird stomach pains, things that were really impacting me every single day and impacting Mm -hmm. my ability to show up in the world. And I knew stuff about nutrition and thought I was, I was vegan and I wasn't like blindly vegan. I was, you know, thought I was educated and doing it right. And went to all kinds of doctors. No one could tell me what was going on, kind of diagnosed with IBS and like told I had to take Miralax every day in order to go to the bathroom for the rest of my life, like, which made no sense. And, you know, I was 24 at this time. Like that is really depressing and very fortunate turn of events. I was hiking Renyon Canyon. I know you're very familiar with that. One day talking to a girlfriend about, we were talking, she was about to go on a cleanse and we were just giving each other feedback and someone, this woman ahead of us turned around, said, you girls are giving each other great advice. I ended up talking to her. She was a holistic nutritionist. The first one I'd ever heard this term, the first one I'd ever met. Wow. I booked in an appointment, sat down with her and she, after literally a year and a half, two years going to doctors, 45 minutes, she said, this is what's going on in your gut. Told me exactly like you have candida overgrowth. Here's what we're going to do about it. And she introduced me to the concept of whole foods and looking at the label and really understanding what's on the label of your food. And I went home and realized, yes, I have all these vegan foods in my house. And yes, I'm eating plenty of fruits and vegetables, but I'm also eating a lot of processed foods and things that I thought were healthy for me, like the burger patties, the chicken nuggets, the alternative milk, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. still a lot of people don't know isn't healthy. Um, and kind of wet cold turkey that day, cut out processed food, did it for 30 days. But by day two, I felt 80% better. Yeah. And even
0: just for a moment to even pause for a second, this is like the interesting thing about what you're sharing with these lifestyle shifts. It's really important that it's not about depriving yourself, starving yourself. When we cut these things out, it's really about when you, when you start to actually eat whole foods, real food, you have more energy, you feel better. There's a reward system that you can start relating to foods differently. And this is like a big thing when I start working with my clients, where there's like a lot of belief systems around like what what they get from eating, like the reward you get from eating potato chips and like pizza and all that stuff. You can have pizza, but when you can make it with whole real foods. Right, and we actually make pizza
1: at your house all the time. Now that I think about it, I eat pizza once a week. Yes, I'm <laughs> giving a pizza. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. just this idea
0: of like, you know, the the processed foods have been created to become addictive. So we get that like we don't realize that there's a little bit of that like hit that you get from eating the processed food, but when you actually start to feel your body and how much better it functions when you're eating whole real foods, it can actually be quite rewarding. And that's like the mindset shift.
1: Well, processed foods are made in a way that no natural food would ever be, you know, it's a combination of the the fats, the sugars, the, all the, the oils, all the things that taste so good, they're made in a way that no natural food would be made. And the dopamine hit that it, I mean, you know, this, that it gives our brain is similar to doing drugs, like yep. tea, of cocaine, yeah, which is terrifying and crazy and not natural at all. And for me doing that cleanse again, it was a cleanse, but it wasn't deprivation. It was really 30 days of eating whole foods and then adding in some supplements like digestive enzymes and probiotics to support the healing of my gut. And by the end of it, and I could eat fruit, I could eat vegetables, like as much as I wanted by the end of it candy or anything processed and sweet like I'm I have a big sweet tooth but anything processed one sounded disgusting Mm -hmm. and then when I tasted it I think it was like a red vine or a twizzler that I tasted that I I just really have always liked tasted one for the first time and I was like this is disgusting yeah how could I eat this and it when you can reset your body and your palate it completely changes your relationship your your taste relationship to food Mm -hmm that is, that's a huge and easy win of like, oh yeah, this stuff doesn't taste good. And then when you taste it, it also triggers like, this doesn't taste like real food. My body doesn't want this. I want to stay in this like state of feeling really.
0: And and that's a choice that you have to make because I know that there's a lot of talk in the wellness and health industry today about like body positivity and not restricting food and all this stuff. But here's the thing. You have to make the choice to start talking differently about the food you're eating. I reward myself with nutrient dense foods, not saying things like, Oh, I can't have ice cream Oh, I hate my life because I can't drink that, right? You have to stop talking about the food that way and start saying, I nourish and love my body with these foods. I only eat foods that make me feel loved for the long term. I reward myself with nutrient-dense foods. When you start talking about the food differently, you start to relate to it differently. And what you were just talking about, it's like you start to acquire a taste for healthy foods. Your body starts craving the nutrients in real foods, just as, you know, you can acquire a taste to. Coffee or alcohol. I mean, when you think about the first time that you had a sip of alcohol, that
1: comparison, yeah.
0: What happened? Your body probably re- totally rejected it. How
1: is this? Yeah. Yes.
0: Why would I wouldn't want this. <laughs> yeah. But we override that system. Your natural response to that is this is poison. But we override that system because of conditioning and belief systems about like, well, alcohol makes you all these things, right? It makes you more fun. It's a reward. It's associated with vacation, yada, yada, yada. So we override that system and we develop this reward system with it. You can actually get past that dopamine hit pretty quickly, but then you got to change the story around it, the beliefs around it.
1: And that's why it's a holistic approach, right? It's not like you can be restrictive, cut out these foods, adjust foods, but there is a... There's a a strong like will and and mental side to it because it's not that instant gratification like a piece of cake or chips, but like over time, and it doesn't take much time, the, the reward is so much greater because you're thinking clearly, you feel good, you have more energy, you can be more present with your kids and your family, you can get more work done, you get better sleep. And it's like, whoa, the reward is longevity and life, right? Yeah
0: living life present, like actually being present for life and feeling good. Yeah.
1: Like feels much better than any chip I've ever eaten. Uh, Yeah. And so that's why I think your work is so important. And the mental exercise and strength and tools are really important in the process because they both go hand in hand.
0: Yeah. And then you throw in all these other things that are impacting your ability to make the choice for the long-term, like overwhelm and stress. You're Willpower lives in the conscious mind, but the conscious mind is only 10% of the mind. 90% of your mind, your habits is subconscious automatic behavior. So if you're overwhelmed and stressed and you got a lot going on, your kid was up the night before not feeling good. You didn't get any sleep. There's a lot going on with your business. You're going to default to the subconscious association, that subconscious automatic programming, which tends to be like the quick fix. And also if you're not sleeping and getting rest, your body also is knocked out of balance with hormones. So you're going to think you're hungry. Your body's going to crave fast energy from processed foods. So where hypnotherapy comes in, you're calming the mind and starting to shift at the subconscious level. And when you can calm the stress response, you can make those decisions from a new perspective, from a bigger perspective of the long-term. What is my, why, what is my long-term goal?
1: Yeah. And until then, I think there's some easy hacks, right? Like don't buy the food
0: to put in your Set yourself yeah. up for success.
1: That's a big thing in in my house. We just don't buy the snack food, and not that we don't snack. You know, we we snack here and there, but we buy healthier versions, or we'll go longer periods of not having it. It, it becomes more of a treat and a an yeah. occasion. And for me, I have a sweet tooth, and I know that after dinner, I'm going to crave something sweet, or after lunch, and so I set myself up with healthier sweet options, like yes. a hundred percent dark chocolate bar. We always have in our covered fruit, or like, I am a cake and dessert person. There's plenty of healthier versions or things you can make that are so delicious with dates and maple syrup. And obviously still those things in moderation, but those things are so much more satisfying too, than a candy with empty calories and white sugar that you only need a few bites and like cravings gone. You feel good.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you one of my favorite desserts is frozen mango and cashews. And sometimes I'll sprinkle some chia on it. And that's my after dinner.
1: like that. I
0: like and that. I just pull the frozen mango out of the freezer. I warm it up and I add some cashews and boom.
1: That's it. Okay. Like I'm reaching for right. the ice cream, but instead it's mango. Right. And, and there's still that mental thing. Hey, I got in the freezer. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm a, I'm i I'm a chocolate girl. So last night I had a date dipped in some peanut butter which mm-hmm. is, really good. Mm-hmm. I, only, I actually only had a half a date because I didn't want the sugar spike, but it just like was so, so it's enough to kind of give
0: you a yeah. little yeah. taste.
1: Yeah. Or I'll make something, you know, you can throw some stuff in the food processor, throw some dates and like coconut and cacao in the food processor and make little, little energy balls to eat.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I've been just, doing some energy balls lately with some dark chocolate and flaxseed. So yeah,
1: Those are fun. Cause you can hide stuff in it. You can throw, all you can throw flax seeds, greens powder, collagen, you can throw a bunch of stuff in there and you're like, cool, these are actually doing a bunch of things beyond just satisfying my sweet. Drink. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about becoming intuitive and listening to the body. So when you and I met, you were pretty much a hundred percent vegan and you had been for how many years?
1: I mean, I had been vegetarian since I was like 12. And vegan, vegan probably only about five years, but vegetarian. I'd stopped eating meat when I was 12. Yeah.
0: So I remember a couple years into knowing you and you're vegetarian. And I just remember coming to your house and you shared with me that you had been having dreams about chicken. (laughs) And you were like, I haven't really told that many people, but I'm eating chicken now because I need it. My body's asking for it. I've been having dreams about chicken. So tell us about
1: that. You listened. And this felt like a moral conundrum, right? Because I was at least a year or two into the juice, my juice company. And so when you own a juice company, people make a lot of assumptions, but they assume that you eat perfectly and also are vegan. And so I felt like I had this like persona to live up to. And Mm -hmm. I would literally not even dreaming, like daydreaming, like salivating over (laughs) chicken. It was absurd, and I tried to. There was one night where I was like, "I need to lock myself in my house, otherwise (laughs) I'm going to get chicken." And finally, I just gave in. I had a moment where, you know, intuitively, a voice said, "Hey, if you're craving it, something you haven't had in, you know, it's like twelve or thirteen years at that point. Like the fact that you even know how it tastes in your mouth is crazy." But yeah, if this is not going away, it's probably because your body is sending you a message, and. I got a rotisserie chicken and sat on my couch with my dog and ate the chicken with my fingers, like by hand. (laughs) My husband, Dennis, who was not my husband at the time was my boyfriend walked through the front door and he was like, what is going on? (laughs) I love this story.
0: It's, but it's so, it's such a testament to listening to your body, your body will tell you what it needs. And at the end of the day, only your body knows what's best for you. You had been doing all the research. You knew everything there was to know about supporting your body as a vegan or a vegetarian, but your body was saying, Hey, I need something else. And at the end of the day, everybody's body is different. And I think that's where you kind of bypass diet culture is you start to realize that like You actually have an internal system and it will tell you what you need when you can get past. Like once you start moving away from processed foods, because the processed foods will cloud that Mm -hmm. processed foods will, it's like taking a hit. It's like you get that sugar bomb to your system and it creates the spike and then the drop so that your body thinks you want more sugar that might cloud some of that intuitiveness, which is why in those situations, I say first go for fiber, healthy fat, protein, to first just answer that hunger signal and then ask yourself, do I really want the sugar or is it just a craving? Like what's the difference between hunger and your body craving some sugar because you just got ahead of it and and your body's craving it. But once you bypass that and you start eating more whole foods and nutrient-dense foods, you clear that connection to your body, you can actually feel your body will say, I need more protein or I need more chicken or I need more greens or I need more iron or whatever it is that you're craving.
1: And, and look, I know there's tiptoeing around the conversation because no one wants anyone to feel guilty about what they're eating, but these processed foods are, it's not just about weight gain or weight loss or feeling good on a day-to-day basis. There are long-term terrifying impacts, mm-hmm. the inflammation it causes in your body, the damage sugar or these oils that are in everything, the, you know, carbs that are processed and are the damage these things do on the brain and the yeah. body is, you know, all of these cases of dementia, Alzheimer's have skyrocketed and are being linked back to our food. There's so much food is, it's, it's so interesting because it is medicine and poison at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. it, I've said this for years and I'm not the only one saying this, but it is the most important decision that we make every day is how we fuel ourselves because it impacts mm-hmm. everything else in the day. And like to empower yourself and be connected to that will just have such a massive ripple effect in your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the way I like to look at it is it's not about guilt or shame, but we have to realize that these big food companies have intentionally put things in your food to make you addicted to it. So this is about becoming aware of that and choosing not to let them tell you what to eat and bypassing that system. So of course it's, you know, your body will respond to that stuff. It's addictive. That's why they inject sugar into a rotisserie chicken at the grocery store. If you've ever looked at the ingredients list of a cooked chicken at the grocery store, not the one you are eating, but no, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) I got it from the farmer's market. Okay. Okay. There we go.
0: But like if you buy a rotisserie chicken from Vons and you look at the ingredients list, there's sugar in it. They've injected sugar into it because they know that's going to keep you coming back for more and more.
1: Yeah it's certainly not about perfection. And I am not here saying that I'm perfect by any means, but there's an empowerment in being educated and making educated decisions. And so I'll have chips or like I said, I have pizza every week. You know, we make our own pizza and do it a bit differently. But when I'm making those decisions, it's a very conscious thing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. I'm going to eat this and I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. And I'm probably not going to sit down and eat the whole bag mindlessly. I'm going to do it in a way when I stop feeling that early enjoyment. I'll set it aside and not eat it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to let it go and be fine with it because I know tomorrow I have my habits set up where tomorrow I'll be back to a normal day of good habits.
0: Yes. Beautiful. Most of us with a lot of our habits that are unhelpful, they're completely unconscious that so we're doing it without even thinking about it. So you're reaching for a bowl of candy at work, just because the bowls in front of you, you don't even actually want it. So when you start to just become more conscious of your habits and behaviors, that alone will create a shift to be like, you know what? If you ask yourself, do I actually want this or am I just eating it? Cause it was put in front of me that could eliminate a large amount of unhelpful eating
1: and I think too, if you're going to choose something, like if you're going to eat chips, like make it your favorite chip, like yeah. if salt and vinegar is your favorite chip flavor. Don't settle for freaking barbecue, mm-hmm. like, yeah. get yourself some salt and vinegar chips and eat those and feel that full, like the the full satisfaction of that. And then move on.
0: Yes. Love it. I want to shift it for a second to talk about self-care because I know that as an entrepreneur, of and, and Goodmilk Co. is doing amazing. This company's grown so much. There's a lot going on. You're a leader in the wellness industry. You are now a new mom. Is Bowie two years old yet? September. So she's 21 months. She's coming up on it. So you have a, essentially an almost two-year-old going on 20 <laughs> <laughs> running around. So how do you carve out time for self-care? How do you carve out time for you to nourish yourself? to calm the nervous system, to find some sense of balance when you got all that stuff going on?
1: Yeah, it is, you know, I am in a good place with it. Now it has been a work in progress. And I would say like, if there are new moms listening to this and you're nine, ten three, six, nine, 10 months in, be kind to yourself. If you don't have a self-care routine, you know, you kind of need to get the kid in a routine first. And it is a whole reshifting of your way of life, at least with a first kid. Um, it has been for me and it's been like, holy shit, it's taken me time to figure this out. And it's taken a little bit more work than it used to because I had more time available. And so how I've done it is like one needing to be very intentional, intentional with my time, um, and I get up early, I get up, we're lucky. We have a really great sleeper. So she sleeps till like 7.15. I get up at 5, 30, 5. 45 a.m. And that's my alone time where I do mm. my yoga or my breathing or journaling or, you know, whatever I want.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever the
1: fuck you want, yeah. right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: um, That's your morning ritual do whatever the fuck you want.
1: Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and, that, and that's motivating and freeing, but it took me, probably took like 20, 25 days of doing that because I have never been a morning person. Like I thrive at night, which doesn't fit into having a baby. Um, (laughs) uh, it took me like 20, 25 days of do in a row of doing it for it to not suck. Um, but I kept getting up I'd wake up when she woke up or even half an hour before just enough time to get in the shower. And I'd feel, exhausted and overwhelmed and start my day at this high anxiety level. Cause it was like, wake up and go, go, go. Yeah. And so the reward of doing that and having that time felt so great. I saw the impact after a few days, actually on day one, I saw the impact that it made in my day. Sure. I was more tired, but it made the day much calmer and more relaxed.
0: Mm-hmm. The and- repetition you, and just repeating it over and over again until it became a lifestyle.
1: Yeah. And then it got to a point where all of a sudden I woke up at five, 45 and I was like, oh, I feel good. And it became a ripple effect for other things that I'd been wanting to do, like go to bed earlier, Mm -hmm. eat dinner earlier, because when you are positioning your day around an early wake up, it automatically means, Hey, I'm going to be tired earlier. So I need to go to bed earlier, which means I need to eat dinner earlier. Also, I do a lot of morning beverages. So in that window, I'm able to get in my first three beverages and not feel rushed on my beverage and supplement routine.
0: I definitely saw a meme about, I think you shared it on Instagram about the average woman who has at least five beverages near her. And I literally had just gotten in my car with my smoothie, my lemon water. My MCT oil, cold brew. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's I, so good. Like, yes. Don't even talk to me before yeah. to my first three beverages. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, and then needing that good sleep also and needing to go to bed earlier has also set me up for an evening routine, which I think when you are busy and definitely in the mom zone, it's necessary to have a wind down before bed too. So that's a routine I'm actively working on, whether it's meditation or I'm trying to go in the sauna a few times a week at night before bed, cutting out television, or we only do a movie or TV or something on the weekends and cutting off the screen. The simple habit of getting up earlier to make time for myself has had such a massive ripple effect. And like I said, it wasn't, it's all a work in progress. It wasn't like one day I was like, I'm going to get up early, change my life.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> It's been a work in progress because every time I do it and spend some time doing these things and making the time and putting the effort in, I see such huge rewards that it then motivates for the next thing.
0: Absolutely. Like a keystone habit that sets you up for the other things and just the repetition, you're running a new pathway, and you just have to do it over and over again so that the brain can learn. I love that you talked about evening routine. This is something that I press so much with my clients morning and evening routine, like a ritual before getting in bed. And I know the temptation to be on your phone or to watch TV as you fall asleep, but these are the things that blue screen at that time is completely sabotaging your sleep. And then that's going to impact you being able to get out of bed the next morning. It's going to impact your hormones. It's going to impact your eating habits. Like the number one thing that I think so many don't realize is the impact of sleep on our health. We will die of sleep deprivation before we'll die of starvation. And thirst.
1: <laughs> that is so wild. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We need sleep. Sleep is the first step. And so a ritual that sets you up for that and practices like meditation or even just anything that's calming, like getting in the shower. Imagine the day kind of being washed off and learning to transition out of that critical voice and into a more calm state is it's a game changer. If that's the only thing that you do, it's got that ripple effect, like you said.
1: Yeah, so I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm like doing these things, seeing these changes, all gung-ho about them. And I'm trying to impress upon my husband, hey, maybe you should do these things. Hearing someone else say it like only does so much for another person if they're not in the right mindset. So I've started to think about like a prove it stage of things. Like I pitched Mm. it the other day. How about for one week we leave our cell phones out of the bedroom at night and and see what happens you know? So like even positioning it to yourself, like a prove it stage. Okay. I'm not committing. I don't have to make a long-term commitment, but if I stop eating sugar every day for one week, let me see what happens. Or if Mm. I'm looking at my phone at 7 PM every day for one week, let me see what happens. And I would guarantee that you'll see results and feel so much better that that will motivate you for the lifelong version of that.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. Approve it stage. That's awesome. Out of the mouth of Brooke Harris. <laughs> I challenge everybody listening to this, pick one thing and prove it for one week.
1: Yeah. Prove yeah. it.
0: Let's just see what happens. Yeah. A week flies by like that. It's easy. Yep. It's digestible. Yeah, um, I love that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing.
1: And you can follow Brooke. You can follow me personally at Brooke underscore Harris official or my business at good milk. G O O D M um, Y L K co
0: I'll link to that below.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me seeing you on this journey has been so incredible. You are so great at the work that you do. I've learned so much from you, understanding how the brain works is such a fundamental part of making all of these changes and the information you're sharing is so empowering and it is definitely your zone of genius and i i love seeing it and love seeing how it impacts the people around you
0: if you're ready to claim control over your mind so you can start feeling better in the body one-on-one hypnotherapy is a tool that will speed up your results So click the link below and schedule a free 30 minute consultation call. And let's chat about how to get you results that will actually stick. Or take a small, simple step and join the happy body community. If you click the link below, you'll get immediate access to my private members only podcast, which includes mind training episodes and the hypnosis starter pack which is designed to help you lose weight, lower stress, and get healthy for life in just a few minutes a day. And all of this is accessible from your favorite podcast player. How cool is that? So just click the link below and I'll see you inside the membership.